0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart. They're sexy, and they're all failing So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy
0: the show
2: Hello and welcome into episode number 61 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co host Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. The Eagles are cleaning house and making moves. We said it last week, of course, as soon as we record, when it comes out just hours after the episode breaks, Carson Wentz gets traded to the Colts. So we were early to the game, so now we're late to this game, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> always I, knew. I knew as soon as every as time you did it I was like this is it's gonna happen you're welcome everyone because we put I was just gonna say misery. everybody's welcome because it was day after day and we're like can this just happen yet it was us it's yeah a- always, always us sorry we
1: we, yeah. we put you through it but we also ended your misery so <laughs> so I mean at this point I guess you know what do we know so uh, you know the Eagles are, are getting a second round pick um, this year, and then a 2022 second-round pick that can turn into a first if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps, or 70% of the snaps, and the Colts make the playoffs, um, which is very
2: possible for both.
1: Yeah, in an AFC where, in an AFC South, where the Texans have no direction, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars are abysmal. And the Tennessee Titans are good, but also beatable, you know, and you have a, a defense like the Colts do, you know, it's, it's not far. And fetch- they
2: got their – yeah, no, they got their missing piece. Yeah. They improved dramatically with that piece, so. So it's not
1: far-fetched
2: that they could possibly
1: uh, win that division. So um, in terms of some of the other rumors, uh, the Bears never made an offer. Um, The Colts were always the front runner. They also didn't budge on their initial offer. So all that extra BS going on was for nothing. Um, And then the Eagles will take a 33.8 million dead cap hit, which is the largest in NFL history.
2: In my opinion, the Colts and Carson Wentz won that trade. Oh, 100%. A hundred percent, because they had so much leverage. We talked about this in our last episode. When you have that much leverage, why be an idiot and offer what is actually deserved to the player? When one, you're taking on that salary, and two, no other teams want to deal. Well, want to take on that salary, one, but then two, want to deal with the dramatics and all this stuff going on around it. You know what I mean? And when Carson comes out and says that he prefers the Colts,
1: right? And he's a He's it's it's a match made in heaven for him right now. Yeah, I'm going back to to Frank Reich, Press Taylor's there as well. I didn't know Mike Gro was there too. He's out there, and you know you've got the weapons, you've got the offensive line, you've got a great defense. Those are the things that he had in 2017, all combined, and you see obviously how well that worked out. So, I mean, I think that's the perfect place for him to go. Obviously, it's it's just sad the way it unfolded, and it's sad. That the eagles are the dumpster fire that they are i mean from the beginning it's been a Lurry and howie issue like that's no yes. secret and you know they felt like they were stupid in not taking russell wilson way back when and didn't want to make that mistake again with jalen hurts and reportedly you know which which is fine okay sure but like they also reportedly only ever saw him as a backup and i have three major issues with that because one he's way more talented than just a backup. He is. There's no question there. Two, you don't take backups in the second round. And three, you don't bring, you don't do those things and bring in competition for your franchise quarterback. So for yeah. all those people that are like, well, he should want to fight for his job. No, when you yeah. get a $120 million contract, you you are the franchise guy. You don't fight for your job. The sixth receiver and third running back, they get competition, they fight for their job. The franchise quarterback, that's an asinine thing to do from the start. And the whole thing has just been a a colossal waste of everyone's time of everyone's energy and everyone's talent like the Eagles franchise specifically the two people spearheading the whole operation should be so embarrassed by this pathetic job they've done like for Carson Wentz I'm extremely happy for him and I and this I I really believe this is the best thing for him for the Eagles it took one hour post trade for the reports to come out stating that the Eagles plan on bringing in competition for Jalen (laughs) Hurts and they could even draft a quarterback at six and like yes, there's quarterback talent in this draft. M- maybe not as much in next year's draft. Okay, but you've already wasted Carson Wentz. Are they really going to already admit defeat on this Jalen Hurts pick, too, before they even get a chance to give him a shot? Like, screw it before they even started? Like, And then, you know, how then Howie Roseman goes and calls his good friend Adam Schefter to make sure both Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz are good and slandered on their way out the door. And, you know, like... It doesn't matter who's under center. It doesn't matter who's calling plays. As long as you've got Dumb and Dumber leading the franchise, plummeting this team into the ground, Like we're going to be stuck in the same routine. We'll be having the same conversation. Let's keep in mind, multiple players have left the Eagles and talked about the disrespect that they were shown by this front office mentioned that Carson Wentz is the farthest thing from a problem farthest thing from a locker room cancer and you know Doug Peterson Carson wasn't the problem Doug Peterson wasn't the problem but the quote problem was still there meaning Howie Roseman like the Eagles are such a dumpster fire. I don't know why anyone would want to be a part of it. I don't know why anybody wants to spend their money going to games. I say that like I'm not going to do it. Of course I'm going to do it. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. I'm really going through it right now because I
2: just can't believe we're here. No, I, I think that's exactly, like, we try to put words to it, but it's one of those things like there's never words to describe exactly what it is because right. this whole situation is just so amazing. It's never happened before. There's no comparisons. There's really just no words. And like, with that being said, I mean, this a hundred percent, you're right. Was a disaster situation created by Harry w- Roseman and enabled by Jeffrey Lurie from mm-hmm. drafting. Well, most recently, because it probably stems back if we really want to get deep into it. But most recently, this whole situation started rambling up when they drafted Jalen Hurts and lied about his intentions for him to leaking stories that pointed to Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. Like, there's just so much that's been going on, and it's just so weird. And if you really connect everything, it's it's literally something we most likely will probably never see again unless it's Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie continuing this cycle. It's just like such an anomaly. And it's just insane to me to think three years ago we were cheering and thanking the football gods for Carson and Doug. And then now one, neither of them are even in Philadelphia Two, Shafter's still putting out stories to make it look like they were the ones to blame, which all goes back on to Howie, like you said, and three, The situation itself was so bad that Doug Peterson needed a year off because it was so taxing on him. And Carson Wentz looked ecstatic as soon as his trade went through with Indy. And he's already – there's been players posting videos of them FaceTiming with Carson and him saying how excited he is. He's already connecting with players and he's ready to get started. And it's just insane that, like – This whole situation was conjured up by Howie Roseman with, like I said, enabled by Jeffrey Lurie. And it just, they're the ones that like, they tried to be, oh, he, 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 we're going to outsmart everybody. And it just completely turned on them. And sadly, the city of Philadelphia has just been kind of like thrown in the fire by association we didn't choose to be, but so we all just get that damper sadness out of it. And then the two that were supposed to be under fire and everything, they just get to leave. And they're the ones that benefit from this whole situation. It's just so weird. There's, it's, it really just has no words to sum it up. There like, are- I just feel like you're talking in circles and you just say what happened and it's just like, uh, uh, uh.
1: yeah, I don't know. I think we st- We started off by, Talking about this season when, you know, after week one, it was like, who do we blame for all these different things? Right. And it's like, you know, Carson Wentz played poorly, but Doug Peterson had a terrible game plan, but there are no weapons of any kind because of Howie Roseman's decision making. And then it, it was this circle, right? Yeah. And it it, it never ended throughout the entire season. The the circle was the same, but now there's one person left. It's one person who never seems to have a bad report come out about him. But meanwhile, I can guarantee, I can almost guarantee you that the front office of the Indianapolis Colts was cackling laughing almost as hard as the Minnesota Vikings war room was on draft night when the Eagles took Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. Again, that's not to say that Jalen Rager can't show us something and can't be useful to this team going forward, but it was just like the obvious choice is there. You just make it. Stop trying to be smarter than everyone else because you're actually the dumbest person in the room. I
2: think that theory kind of, because I'm going to call it like the Howie. I don't even know. Howie disease. I don't know. I think it's spreading across the Philadelphia area, just because of how many tweets I've seen of like the science of drafting and all this stuff. And if they do take a quarterback or if they do take Pitts, or if they do take Smith or if they do take chase and it's just like, take the best player, like take them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not a quarterback. I don't care if the best players are. do not. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> but like, I, I think it's hundred percent mentally prepared for a quarterback at six. I am prepared for it. I will not agree with it, and I think I still will go insane if that happens.
1: I'm gonna have it's a just, special bottle of wine that's labeled if the Eagles take uh, a quarterback.
2: I'll, see, I'll it's be, so I'll be
1: sad regularly, and then there will be a special bottle of wine that will be opened when and if that happens. And the whole thing will be gone by the end of the
2: night. It's so sad because obviously we love this team and like we've grown up loving this team and everything, but the front office is making this team so hard, at least for me, making it so hard to root for them or love this franchise because, well, I guess I could say I love the franchise, but it's just mainly the front office. I just. You love the
1: franchise and you love the players and you love this team, but the way that the front office is cool acting in terms of like a business environment that's that's the definition of a toxic work environment is what's going yeah, on just turning me off man and it's really unfortunate because then you see other things like I mean the, the Eagles are a mess right now they are I mean addition in addition to trading Carson Wentz they cut Deshaun Jackson which again the none of these things are surprising but cutting Deshaun Jackson a second time it's gut-wrenching like you, no, no one disagreed with you trading for Deshaun. Like, everyone was ecstatic. A seventh-round pick to bring Deshaun Jackson home? What the heck? No one told you to give him that money. No one told you yeah. to give him a three-year, $27 million extension.
2: No one told you to do That's that. That's the stupid part about it, is how right. much money we're losing for these people that should be obvious wastebasket things. they like, okay, we're trimming down the fat. You know what I mean? Right. So, but, like, cutting Deshaun, it's – million in dead money cutting
1: Alshon will be five and a half in dead money and like of course we don't have a Super Bowl without Alshon Jeffrey he was spectacular in that 2017 season playing with a torn rotator cuff you can never ever ever take away that phenomenal touchdown catch in the Super Bowl you can't without him we're not here which is but after that it's been nothing it's been useless it's been leaking reports from the locker room, you know, like, and, and, you know, they'll, they'll most likely end up cutting Malik Jackson as well, who was another one of those that was like, yeah,
2: it's great to have,
1: but why,
2: why did you sign him? Yeah, and we saw no real difference maker with having malik jackson or hargrave or any of them you just bunched all these people up you still saw fletcher cox getting double teamed half the time so he wasn't able to perform like we wanted him to so it was just like one of those situations where you're just like okay so maybe that one i'll give you like for bringing him in and signing him to some kind of that contract because it did make sense when we were bringing him and it was exciting yeah but like there was that no one reason. i'll give him the least 100%. break for
1: sure sure i don't disagree with bringing him in but the you know we talked about it at the time that it happened there was no need for them to give him all that money no they had other places that they needed to address things and 100 there was no need to give him all that money like there was no, there was no reason for that they were just the, this is my biggest issue Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie is letting Howie Roseman just chuck his money around willy-nilly with no plan involved. There's no rhyme or reason to any
2: of these decisions that are being made. None. I want to know what's annoying about it is Lurie doesn't care because there's a cap. So he's like, okay, either way, I'm going to be spending around this much money. Who cares? So like, you know what I mean? If there was like an MLB situation where they didn't have a cap and he was like, okay, wait, 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 like you're re- really rising up this task because it could go on forever. That's when he would care. But Can I think imagine right Howie now, Roseman he with no salary cap. <laughs> I wish.
1: Oh my God.
2: Maybe that'll finally turn Jeffrey Lurie against Howie Roseman. Uh, I don't care if I'm spending Lurie's money after this. Oh, give me no cap. God, that's so oh. pay for his sins. Oh, realistically.
1: How, like, with without looking at their opponents, without knowing who's on the roster at this point, without, let's call it what it is, without knowing who the starting quarterback's going to be in September, <laughs> where like, how many games do you
2: realistically see this team winning? I think it's way too early, and like you said, we haven't even looked at the schedule. Um, but a, we can just play it, count it off of, NFC just projections, or NFC East, I should say, projections. So Washington's going to get better, obviously. Uh New York's rising up there if they keep Uh Saquon. There's been rumors about that and stuff. Um, And then, who's it? I'm blanking. Cowboys. Oh, they get Dak back. Yeah, we're the worst team in the NFC East right now, which is sad to say.
1: I think think their over-under is going to be five games. Honest to God. I think five's a good one. I think when it comes out from Vegas, it's going to be over under five. To be completely honest. I think
2: five's a good one, and I think it's fair because we literally – I think they happen? pick this in this time top, last year. Draft. This time last year, we were getting ready to be on top again in the worst NFC East ever, or at least we thought this, we would be on top. Right. And then now it's just – I'm going into the season like, okay, literally – we're the worst team in the NSE so East. That was just a dumpster fire. This a time last
1: year, here, I was like, "Get us a secondary. Get Carson some weapons. Let's let's run." Literally, and here we are. I want to die a little bit, but we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about everything going on in the rest of the city of Philadelphia. Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio.
0: And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Welcome back into episode number 61 of Babes on Broad. So Jess, you said we're taking it around Philadelphia. You started out with the Sixers.
1: Oh, I love the Sixers. The Sixers are the only thing bringing me joy. Um... So the all besides looking were- at
2: clear water pictures or clear water pictures.
1: Clearwater. <laughs> I wish I was there. It's freaking cold. I know, it makes me jealous. But yeah. I'm so tired of looking at the snow and trudging through the snow. It's This is such BS. Anyway, um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, all stars this year. Not surprising on either one. Joel is a starter. Ben is a reserve. Um, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you saw this. Doc Rivers was calling around to the coaches in the NBA because the coaches select the reserves. So Mm -hmm. Doc was calling around to the different coaches in the NBA, basically advocating for them to select Ben and Tobias. And he felt like Ben, he, he feels like I think in general, Ben Simmons isn't appreciated for, enough for what he does, which I completely
2: agree with. Yeah, because everybody agree. just foc- focuses on the shot.
1: Right. Apparently, a bunch of the coaches that he called were, like, shocked that he felt that he had to do that with Ben Simmons because they were like, this is not a question. Which oh, just that's made awesome. my heart sore. Um, <laughs> I might be a little biased in saying that Tobias Harris was snubbed, but there are a, f- a few all-star choices that are very questionable to me. Across the board, and I think that the format for selection is questionable. I would love to know how you feel about this. In my opinion, I think that records should matter in some capacity because, like, for example, Bradley Beal was named a starter of the, for the East. Of course, Bradley Beal should be in consideration to be an all-star. No question. Of course, he's absolutely bawling out of his mind, but his team is so terrible so it doesn't matter. Like, there are guards in the East that are all-star caliber, and they're the reason that their team is winning. Bradley Beal is great, but that team sucks. And he's not doing anything to help it. Like, for example, the the Bulls. Like, the Bulls aren't great, but Zach Levine is playing so well that he has the Bulls relevant. Julius Randle, for example, he's an all-star. The Knicks haven't made the playoffs in since when? I don't even I couldn't even tell you. But they – like, if the season ended today, they would make the playoffs
2: because of the way Julius Randle's playing. No, and I I get what you're saying, and I think maybe that should factor in to a point. Mm -hmm. And I think it all, obviously, that just gets broken down into position and, like, who's up for grabs and, like, weighing it out that way. But I think, honestly, it hurts Tobias specifically to have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on his team because Joel Embiid, I mean, he's – one of, if not the top MVP candidate. So like they could argue if they're looking at it from your perspective of wins that he's not the reason for the win. It's Joel Embiid. So that hurts him in that factor. When you look at it that way, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But then you look at, okay, so let, let me give you another, for instance, the nets have three players in there, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant and James Harden to be, I think that's out of popularity. I think that James Harden should be the starter because he was still doing the same thing and playing as well in Houston before he got traded. And he's been playing in all these games. I understand that Kyrie took his absence for his mental health and I support that wholeheartedly. I don't support the way that he went about it and just like didn't say anything because us mere mortals here not making millions of dollars as professional athletes don't have that option to just do that for our mental health. I'm fully in support of doing whatever you need to keep yourself right and keep yourself okay and I absolutely support Kyrie using his platform to talk about that Um, I just don't agree with the way he went about it so he missed all those games and Kevin Durant has missed a bunch of games with injuries and COVID related things and well again well I think all of them should be considered for all considered all-stars I don't think that two of them should be starting the two of them that have missed as many games as they have I just I just don't I don't think that I just don't think that the format of selection does well, justice some of these players and,
2: and what, what they is done. the weight for starters? Obviously it's a starters. lot of fan votes. Is it starters. all
1: fan votes? And media and player. And they like, Do any of
2: them like weigh out another?
1: Not really. They're evenly weighted. And yeah. See, so that stuff's not fair team. to me. And then coaches select the reserves.
2: Yeah, that stuff's not fair to me, especially when you have like Twitter and stuff. Because if there is a bigger social media aspect or a bigger fan base, you know what I mean? Yeah, obviously the popularity is going to outweigh. So I don't like that one.
1: And I also, have a bigger
2: one. With maybe the like, with that.
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is to the problem, but maybe something like your team starters can only come from teams above 500 at the time of voting, or the top six, the, you know, top six seated teams at the time of voting. That's where the starters have to come from. Something like that. I don't know. I just, I just think there's, there's always people like Devin Booker. He's not an all-star Chris Paul's an all-star and Chris Paul's playing well, but not better than Devin Booker.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: <clears throat> Damian Lillard not being an all-star starter and Luca being an all-star starter. The, the Mavs were under 500 until they beat the celtics who are also under 500 yesterday you know what i mean like i don't know i just think it's it's so backwards and even Luca said he was like uh damian lillard should have been a starter not me and i'm like
2: yeah you are correct sir yeah, But it, i definitely think it's there's a flaw but i don't know if it's wins that i think is the flaw i don't know it definitely records should have to be
1: considered in some capacity yeah like there's no reason that both jason tatum and Jalen brown should be all-stars and their team is, I think, 15 and 16 right now. I think Jalen Brown – honestly, if, if I'm looking at this right now, I think Jalen Brown should be an all-star starter over Kyrie. My honest opinion, I because the, he has played out of his mind so far this season. He's been fantastic. And the games that they have won, they have won because he is as good as he is. But – Yeah, it's more of just a, like –
2: when everybody's thinking about this, if they factor in all of that. Right. Which they don't. Or it- if it's just looking at stats without considering that, like Kyrie hasn't played as many games, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but back to the Sixers, um,
1: their bench is terrible. And we have this conversation every year and every year, uh, yeah. it's like, Oh, we finally have a bench. And then we don't um, shake Milton, him being out for a couple games with injuries really hurt them. Um, Furkan Korkmaz started last night in place of Seth Curry, and he played really well. But that's something we need from him consistently. He needs to be able to come onto the court and make four to six threes per game. And no one would. I argue. feel
2: like that's how they treat him too. Like the but, team, I think sees him as that kind of guy, but he doesn't always step up to that, and it's he frustrating. Had 16 points in the first quarter alone last night.
1: I was like, "Excuse me, sir, if you could have sixteen points in games across the board, you'd be great." This would be great, Jeez. but that I, they still need help there. What about mm-hmm. the Phillies? What's going on with the Phillies?
2: So the Phillies, I'm excited about them. I mean, obviously, so you have JT Real hurt his thumb. He is expected uh-huh. to be back by opening day. I know. Philly just can't have nice things. It yeah. was the same but day that Carson Wentz got traded, and I was not okay,
1: and Rob Motti then sent me a video of him asking JT – Like, you know, you broke your thumb. Carson Wentz got traded. Philly fans are really struggling. What do you have to say to them? And he was like, Jess, this is for you. I was like, thank you. That's a true friend.
2: Philly fans are struggling, a.k.a. Jess Town. (laughs) Um, No, but so it's positive, though, because obviously it's not what you want to see. But um, it is in his throwing hand, so at least it's not in his catching hand because a thumb injury like that in your catching hand, catching guys throwing 98 to 100, yeah, that might hurt a little bit. But um, so it's his throwing hand. Um, he's working on it, projected to be back by opening day. And he's still, they already posted videos. He's still down there getting working. So when you yeah. have a guy like that, he'll be fine. Right. Um, Reese Hoskins, he's actually doing really well from his Tommy John surgery. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and it's insane to me that he's expected to be back by opening day. So I'm hoping they're not going to rush him in there because it kind of makes me nervous about that. They um, said when he had his surgery, they expected him to be ready for opening day. So this isn't like, oh, you're
1: ahead of schedule. It was like, that was what they expected from him. I wonder if- I had a setback.
2: Yeah, I wonder if it just, because to me, it just seems soon. I don't know if it's just because I'm like a worried Nancy, but I wonder if the fact because he is a first baseman also plays into that, you know what I mean? It's I'm not sure. like he's a pitcher or, or obviously, because that would be a lot much longer, but like stuff like that. Right. Um, and then also another- huge thing to me obviously I'm biased with this but um the announcement last Thursday that the MILB so the minor leagues are actually going to have a season I think that's incredible because that's one thing people obviously they're like oh we just want to be able to go to the pro games one if you don't like a minor league game atmosphere you're absolutely insane because it's best atmosphere in sports i believe bias again mm-hmm. but um really. <laughs> <laughs> no but it is that's why i love covering them even yeah. just in college you know what i mean so it's huge though because one of the things people don't understand is that's guys that are next in line and that's really would have affected the farm systems for every team across the MLB, if those guys would have had two years off. It's, all, I, it's going to be interesting to see the effect that it's had just because they were only allowed to have 60 guys practice with them last year, all year, and play. You know what I mean? So it's already going to be interesting to see that kind of impact just in games this year and the minor leagues this year. Yeah, but that's one thing people weren't, I don't think, really grasped that effect. So it's awesome to see that ha- is happening. And I'm hoping, I'm expecting fans to be back. For those, just in certain areas, at least because of all the talks that um, MLB is expected to have fans. So, I'm assuming that minor league games will have them as well if the areas are good because it's outdoors. Should have yeah. some kind of code, and I'm hoping for the best there.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. I, I would love to be able to go to some Phillies games this year. And, you know, if Dion's playing close enough, road trip. Ooh, much fun. Uh, <laughs> one team that's not doing so hot right now. Yeah, the Flyers they deep dive do not look good. They lost to the Rangers in a shootout on Thursday and then got obliterated by the Bruins in Lake Tahoe. And I get Dude, that the, the Bruins are in- their
2: kryptonite.
1: I think the Bruins are in first place right now.
2: They're their kryptonite. I saw um Taryn Hatcher during the game. So it might even go have gone up since she tweeted it. But So, against Carter Hart, in, like, four games against the Bruins, they've scored, like, 20 goals against Carter Hart. And in 18 games against other teams in the league for Carter Hart, they've only scored, like – or actually, no, it was more games. But they've only scored, like, 18 goals. So, in four games, the Bruins scored 20 goals against Carter Hart. And in even more games, obviously, than that, they've scored 18, all the other teams combined. That's nuts.
1: 24 it got up to 24
2: because that game it was so high scoring I was wondering if it
1: yep 24 24 goals now granted I don't know if so I just looked at the Flyers games I don't know if there's any of those games that Brian Elliott played but actually against, against the Bruins the Flyers have let up
2: 24 goals this season actually that makes sense because it would have been 20 because they took Carter Hart out in Lake Tahoe before they so, started really racking up
1: and I get that the Flyers are shorthanded right now, but now they've fallen to eight and four, only 18 points, fifth place in the division. And two of their four losses have come to sub 500 teams. Like the Rangers and OT the other night, and then the Sabres whooped them six one. Like they're a mess from every angle right yeah. now. It's really disappointing after how impressive they were last season and how they were, you know, how good they were defensively. And, and there's not there has not been any much change to the roster.
2: No, Since and that, even they had a really great start this year. Right. They a really great off. start. They've been in, going up and down within the top three this whole season until that whole COVID instance kind of happened and threw them off. Right. They and started declining. Before go that. Ahead. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say they started true. declining before that, but they were still kind of floating around that three spot. And then once that whole COVID debacle happened and they're still getting guys back and trying all that, has really just brought him down. And it's it's, it's one right. of those things that you're just like, hmm, is it the team? Is there something going on? Or is it just like, do we have to chill out a little bit? Because is it a COVID related? I don't know. What's right. over- tie it? Again,
1: into. in in a Their long defense
2: has season. been terrible. It
1: has. It terrible. has because I think, you know, while Carter Hart has been disappointing in some games, it's not There's no reason that he shouldn't be under as much pressure as he is pretty consistently in most of these games. And I understand, you know, we talk about this with basketball. We talk about this with um, baseball as well. One, lopsided game where you know like the Phillies a couple years ago lost like 16-2 to the Dodgers and then came back and won won the next night you know what I mean like outliers like that happen the Sixers getting blown out by the Cavaliers you know four games into the season after they you know had, had a really good stretch these things happen right like in a long season like that there are going to be off nights there's going to be tough losses there's going to be really dominant wins and you just kind of have to figure out what that team is in the midst of all that and right now I don't know what this Flyers team is because they've had the commanding wins they've had the blowout losses and they've had those you know in the middle kind of edging out a good team or just barely losing to a good team I don't know what they are, and it really concerns me because I did have high hopes for them coming into this season.
2: I think ultimately they do have that good core, and they have a great coach. I love Elaine Vina. So I think they'll start getting it back on as we – get closer to the end of the season because it is just a consistency thing because like you mentioned the overtime loss against the ranger rangers and then also the bruins but then right before that they had a great win over the caps you know what i mean it was a blowout win over the caps basically so like they're kind of just inconsistent and we just need to see that consistency come and i'm hoping it comes out but um i did just look up who they play tonight and it's the rangers obviously this is they're not people aren't going to hear this today right but I mean, I don't know what the line is, but I would put money on that game because I don't think they're going to lose to the Rangers twice within a week's time.
1: And they get Claude Giroux back. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully as they get some of these guys back, it'll give them a little bit of a spark. But I, I you know, the Sixers are giving me lots of hope. I'm excited for the Phillies and I need the Flyers to pick up their slack as well because they have I
2: the potential. Them.
1: I need all three of them combined to help me get through this Eagles off season. I don't know if I can do it without all three of them together. Right. It's a mess. It's a mess, but that is our episode for the day. Thank you so much for listening to episode 61 of babes on broad as always. Thank you to SB nation and bleeding green nation. Make sure you're following all of our social medias, checking out our recipes on our website and everything like that. We are the babes on broad on BGN radio.
0: perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.